Welcome, welcome to the Sin Podcast. I'm your co-host Eric, and I'm always joined by my co-host Ron. What up, Ron? What's going on? This is a podcast where we discuss the National Football League on a weekly basis, including the playoffs. Let's go. All right, Ron, this is week number 18. 17 weeks have passed. What did you feel about last week? Uh, it was good. It was emotional, right, for uh, my Steelers, uh, for sure, yesterday, watching uh, the Monday night game with Big Ben. Um, I honestly didn't watch a lot of football this weekend. I was quite quite busy this weekend. Um, but to be honest, the only thing I was really focused on is whether or not the Steelers would continue to have a, a shot at this uh, these playoffs here. So uh, it was emotional for sure. Yeah, you had an emotional week. I had a COVID scare. It was about the same. It was basically the same. You know, life, life or death depended on it. Uh, so this is the end of the season. And really the big news are the playoffs. But before we get to that news and how it's shaping out, let's let's review the teams real quick before we jump into it. And we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they almost lost to the New York Jets. It was a 24-28 uh, final score. So, you know, without mentioning, you know, who, what happened in this game, Ron? Yeah, like I said, I didn't really get to watch a lot of the games. Um, I was at a bar at Vero Beach, uh, more more like a restaurant. I had to ask them to change the channel for me so I can watch the game. But I had my family in town. Uh, they were, you know, flew in from Georgia, you know, so we we're spending some time with them and stuff. Um, but I was looking up at the game and I saw the score. I think I got to the restaurant uh, and they were like losing, like in the. Uh, the third quarter, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, actually, it was before the third quarter. It must have been like late in the second quarter, right before half. And I was like, um, what, what's going on? You know, and, uh, you know, I, I was looking up every now and then, uh, trying not to be rude uh, with my family and stuff. And, um, you know, at one point I, I'm looking up and I'm seeing, and I'm going to mention his name, but I, I see AB taking his shirt off and uh, like walking you know, into uh, the stadium, and uh, I'm like, okay, they must be showing, like, some highlight from, like, last year or something like that. It's kind of strange. Uh, but then, you know, my phone pings. Um, you know, I was getting, like, the alerts about how he just walked off the field, and I was like, what the hell? You know, what the heck is going on here? Bad enough that they're losing. They're, they're starting to come back at this point, but um, bad enough that they're playing bad and they fell behind to begin with, you know, with the Jets. But then for him, you know, when they're starting him out, what looks like a comeback, he walks off the field. Um, it's just crazy. So I, I didn't get to see everything that went on, and you know, throughout the game beginning. Um, I, I was surprised that they had to come from behind. I don't know what happened with the offense that first half. Uh, but I am glad to see some of the other guys. Uh, Grayson, Tyler Johnson, uh, they, you know, Perriman had a couple catches. They started to step up. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm happy that 
uh, you know, Brady started to lean on those guys. Because like I said, you know, when we get to the playoffs, Godwin, uh, you know, you're just rolling with Evans and Gronk. You know, and I, I think I just read Fournette looks like he's going to be back in the playoff, which is good. But Brady's going to need to have other options that he can trust. So I, I'm hoping this game is like a jumping point, if you will, for him to start trusting these younger guys. Well, I was I was kind of flipping back and forth the channels between this game and the Patriots game. And I can, I can tell you what happened. The defense was bad. They didn't want to play defense for some reason. And AB was, like I said last week, a distraction to the team. As he was, he's just not a good person. Uh, there's so many stories I can't even keep up with. But the fact is, you know, he's apparently still on the team. They haven't cut him yet. They're keeping him. Whatever the case might be, uh, I'm not very confident in these Tampa Bay Bucks repeating. Are you? Uh, I'm certainly not. First of all, I, you know, and we talked about this last week. I was not as confident, um, even with AB playing, uh, that they would get back because of the competition within the NFC. Because they lost Godwin, you know, the status with Fournette was unclear, but it looks like they get him back. Um, you know, can they make a run? Abs- you know, absolutely. They did last year with basically the same team. I don't see why they can't do it. Um, but as far as, you know, my confidence level, I, you know, I don't think it's that high at all. Um, AB was supposed to be that difference maker like he was last year at the end of the season and in the playoffs. You know, he, he I thought he would kind of not necessarily lead them to a Super Bowl, but give them a chance uh, like he did last year because he, he showed up big in the playoffs last season. And, uh, yeah, you know, to what it looks like, he, you know, he's not going to be on the team, or at least not he's not going to be activated for any of these games. Uh, that's certainly going to hurt their, um, you know, it's going to hurt them for sure. Well, I can tell you right now that they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got too greedy. The Glazers, the owners, they got too greedy. They thought they can get two years out of AB, but they were wrong. You know, I think that yeah. he's a special person. And, you know, you can't... We, You and I, we're not professionals. We're not psychologists. So we don't know what's going on in his head. Obviously, there's something going on, but we can't tell what it is. But the fact is that I kind of... I'm kind of mad at Bruce Arian because... He's known AB since what? He was a wide receivers coach with the Steelers. He was offensive coordinator with the Steelers. So he knows AB. Yet, he said, you know what? Let's bring him back one more year. What's the worst that can happen? And I think this is the worst that can happen. He basically well, to, walked so, off the team in front of live cameras. He embarrassed well, the team. To, to, to be honest, right? So when he was on the team last year, he had no issues at all. Um, there were no issues uh, throughout the season last year. He started having issues in the off season, and they, they agreed to bring him back because they you know the contract was good. It was all incentive based, which I agreed with. To be honest with you, he kept his nose clean for the most part while he was with that organization, and they brought him back uh, basically not because they needed him at the time. I think they 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 were going all in, right? They were just all in and winning. So. 
I think that's why they brought him back initially. Now, when all this stuff, all this drama started happening in the off season before we got even got to the season, when the off season happened and he started to have some of this drama, and they kept him, um, and then with the COVID vaccine nonsense, I can tell. You know, again, if you watch a lot of the press uh, briefings and stuff like that with Arians, I, he he had no intention. I don't think of keeping him after the vaccine issue i think he was waiting for the suspension to end and i think his plan was to release and that's just what i based on the, how he would answer some of the questions that's kind of what i was getting i think bruce has had it with ab i think he's always had it with ab he kept them around because just in case right just in case that emergency break glass and that's what happened when godwin went down when evans got hurt uh, that's basically what happened and and he couldn't you know, even make it through a full game. That was like two quarters. Yeah, yeah. And basically what I'm saying is they should have cut him when he had that vac- vaccination issue where he faked it. They didn't. They kept yeah. him. He he fought last week for him like there was no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And look at him Look at him now. Now he has egg on his face and he's, he's basically upset. Because I think a reporter asked him, like, hey, do you feel different than last week? Why is this week different than last week? And he was just like, you know what? He doesn't want to play, so we cut him. Well, you knew he had issues from day one. So it's like, you know, and then Tom Brady kind of saying, well, you know, you have to learn how to be a, have the family support outside football and inside football. I can only control what goes on. Listen, you knew this guy had was a head case. Uh, to try try and diagnose him now, now that he's not maybe coming back ever to a team until he gets help. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel this whole issue with AB is very fishy, very fishy. And it is. And so, to, to be clear, no one really knows, right? Besides, I'm sure the team knows. Uh, obviously, the players know because they were on the sidelines. But the media, we don't know like what happened. Because if you if you listen to Bruce Arians, um, you know he basically just quit on the team and he didn't really give any detail whatsoever as to the reason why. If you listen to AB and what his corner is saying, it. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying I believe this is all, at all, but his excuse was that he was hurt. Um, he didn't practice all week. He wasn't, he was cleared uh, by the doctors to play, but he missed practice Thursday, Friday. I think, uh, I don't think he was able to practice Saturday either. Um, but he didn't feel, according to him, right, he didn't feel comfortable playing to begin with. And he took himself out of the game and, and Bruce was saying, hey, you need to go in and play. And that's kind of where the beef started. That's according to him. At the same time, you know, there was the report where, you know, when he was in the Uber uh, car um, talking to the Uber driver, the Uber driver said, you know, maybe he was just upset that he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. So, um, well, he had he had had three targets for 26 yards. And that was, you know, I mean, he had five, five targets for three catches and 26 yards. So it's not like. You know they weren't looking his way. I mean, five targets. That was that's the most targets uh, on the on the team as far as like uh, you know in the second quarter. I mean, Rob Rob Gronkowski got ten targets, so he, he was getting almost half by the second quarter, and 
that wasn't enough. What I'm saying is this guy, he's always showing that he's a me, me, me type player. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, regardless of what happened, if, if there's a, an injury, and I, again, I don't, I'm not buying into that. If there was an injury and Bruce is telling you to get, get on the field and you don't want to, you don't feel comfortable doing it, there's a better way to handle it than taking your helmet off, your pads off, and throwing all your stuff, you know, in the into the crowd and then walking off the field. I think there's a better uh, way of dealing with that. Uh, I'm sure that those situations happen, right? I, I'm sure there's other players that don't feel comfortable, but the coaches say, hey, you need to get in there, and it, and it happens. But, uh, you know, for A.B., the way he handled it, regardless of what happened, um, you know, personally, I honestly think he just has, like, some sort of bipolar. I'm not, a, like you said, I'm not a shrink. But he cannot handle, like, being under that environment where they're losing and he's not getting the ball and he knows his contract is like so incentive dependent um i think he doesn't react well to to those things and it's like you said it is because of his focus is just me 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 and it's you know it wasn't about the team um and i think you know when he's going through that and again i'm not a shrink but i think he just blows up right i think he blows up you know, and he doesn't know how to control his his emotions with when he's feeling that way. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Like I said, you know, I think I feel bad. I not that I feel bad for Bruce Arians. I think he, like you said, they've had, you know, they've known each other for years, and he was giving him. He reached out to him, right? Tom did the same thing. You know, he giving you second and third, fourth chances or whatever, and you know, to see you walk off on the team like that, um, I think uh, it's, it's a slap in the face to everything I think they've they've done to uh, to support him. So hopefully he gets whatever help he needs. I think, you know, for the Bucks, uh, they, they're going to be focused. They, they're singularly focused regardless, right? They're, they're still focused on winning the Super Bowl. They're going to look past this distraction and figure out how to get healthy and get the guys who are playing uh, you know, get some chemistry with those guys so they can move forward. But see, this is where I kind of disagree with that whole, like, you know, we gave you a second and third chance because now, basically, he's out of football, right? He's not going to play football. He's not going to catch any balls for Tom Brady. But is he going to be okay, you know, beyond football? Because obviously, he had football towns, but, like, was he mentally okay to even come back and play football I think that you know if you look at it as two two people in one okay he's a great football player but when, what's the other side why is he you know going through all this domestic abuse fake vaccinations and all that stuff I think like you know if you according to Tom Brady if you really love the guy and you want him to wish him well then you should point him to get some help like you know, talk to a shrink, but, talk to a therapist. But you know, I, I can tell you for sure. Other teams have done that. I, I can tell you the Steelers have done that. I can tell you the Raiders have done that. I don't know about the Patriots, but those two teams have tried to get him some help from from the stuff I've read. And it, you know, either he doesn't take it, or uh, then you give him an ultimatum. You say, listen. If you don't go see this therapist and ha have your 10 sessions, you, you're not going to play. So, you know, it's like that kind of thing is like, 
listen you love football but we don't will you love football this much or you or not i i just feel like he was treated like a superstar gloves off as long as he performed on the field they wasn't they didn't have any problems with him outside the field and i think i don't know how it was with the steelers but i know when he was the patriots one one incident he was out i know with the yeah. raiders you know raiders our organization who knows anything goes and i think with tampa i think bruce arians was like I don't like this guy and Tom Brady was like but he's a great football player and I and I need him and we want him and it's sad to see that this how it ended this is it had to be in <laughs> it had to be in New York City at MetLife you know those reporters ate it up oh yeah and you know but, you know it wasn't just that they you know they ate it up they're doing their jobs but AB made it easy for them right he made it easy by live streaming in a, in a taxi and showing up to the Nets game, I think it was, afterwards. Um, you know, it's it's all about him. And, you know, he, he needed, needs that attention for whatever reason. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what's, what's going on with him, but I do think, you know, I, I think this is the end of the road for him. I don't think any other team is going to give him a chance because it was only a handful of teams to begin with that would have given him this opportunity after he screwed the Patriots over. Um, after what he did to Oakland, um, regardless of his talent, there's been plenty of other talented players, even more talented than AB, that have been uh, basically uh, banished from you know the NFL. So you know, I think this is it for him. This is the end of the road. And you were saying earlier, you know, they haven't cut him yet. I don't know why they haven't done that. Um, maybe they're worried he'll, he'll, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think any team if, if he clears waivers is going to pick him up regardless so I, I don't know why they, they haven't cut him yet but they should uh, cut him as, because yeah. think about this and they should cut him because even if a contender picks him up and they say oh you know he's got all this football talent you know they're getting cancer you know that team is not going to do well with AB as their main guy so it's like yeah just cut him if you if you want to win really bad so so bad Pick AB up and see what happens to your locker room. See what happens to your national media when everybody asking questions. Because, I mean, last week when he played and they won, all the questions were non-football related. And I saw that interview and he was like, don't ask me about things that happen outside of this field because I won't ask them. Hello? They're reporters. They're supposed to ask you questions. Where, where have you been? Have you been vaccinated? What's going on? What's your status? So, I, you know what? If I was Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would cut them and see who takes the chance and be like, you know what? This team is desperate to win. I hope that we get that team and then we beat them. Because, um, I mean, Tom Brady, 410 yards, although he did have to pass the ball 50 times, he came back and basically won the game. They were down. They were losing to the Jets with like less than a minute left. So, you know, thank God, thank God that you guys have uh, Tampa Bay has Tom Brady. Yeah, and you know, it's yeah, I don't know what happened to the running game. The Jets are, I think, have been a pretty tough team to run against, if I'm not mistaken. So, but to, to just see 21 carries, 62 yards by all the backs, 
that's disappointing for sure. They got to do better when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, the, the Tampa, that's what I'm saying. Tampa Bay needs Leonard Fournette bad, badly because not only is he a good runner, but he catches the ball too. So, uh, so the next opponent that they face is Carolina, which has a mess of their own, and they just beat them last, the week before, pretty convincingly. So. What what's what's your prediction for Carolina? Yeah, so I mean they'll win the game. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything worth left at this point worth uh, playing for. They got the uh, the Bucks do. They got the third seed at this point. Um, they're 12 and four along with the Rams. I guess they can jump the Rams into that second seed. But you know I think uh, the guys will play just to again get some chemistry I think Tom will want to play a little bit uh, I don't know if he goes all four quarters but I you know the Bucks are favored by eight um, this game's in Tampa I, I do see them winning pretty easily I don't necessarily see 30 something points uh, in, this, in this week it, and again I think part of that is we'll see how long Brady plays for but I, I have written down 26-9 to 9 as a score. Yeah, they Carolina, they're just not a good team. They don't even have a true quarterback. And Sam Darnold played horrible the, this week. Um, I'm basically giving them uh, Tampa Bay 31 and the Bucks 10. I, I just don't see them. And I, I, I do agree with you. I think that... Maybe they play Tom Brady three quarters. Maybe he goes the whole game. It's 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 hard for me to tell. Yeah, I mean, it's, you just don't. They, they can't fall behind like they did to the Jets and have to have Tom Brady in there all the way through, right? They got to play better defense, and I think you know they will at home, hopefully. Uh, but you know, I think they they should be able to take control of the game pretty quickly. Uh, get up to a pretty decent lead, and and Carolina, that that whole entire unit, especially on offense, is so dysfunctional. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you know the nine points I'm giving them is really just garbage, uh, garbage points. Um, so I think this, you know, this the score may, may not necessarily re- reflect the the beatdown um, that I think they're going to give the Panthers. Well, speaking of beatdowns, the New England Patriots basically beat, they beat a freshman team, basically. Um, I know that the Jags, they have like, what, three wins, two wins, something like that. They're just not a good team, but they put up a 50 on them. Uh, This game, I saw, I ended up switching the channel because it was getting out of hand. It was like... 35-7 or 35-3 I was like okay enough is enough um but basically it was like you know the the best game you could ask for uh after the Colts and Bills game I think this was the best game that sharpen your tools sharpen your belts you know get all the kinks out etc what did you think about the beating 
Well, this is a game I didn't watch at all, but it doesn't surprise me. Not just because of Jacksonville, uh, how bad they've been, uh, but I think after the Patriots lost those last couple of games, I think they, Belichick and the rest of the team were just so angry they just came out and just took it out on the on the Jags. Um, <clears throat> so 50 points is ridiculous. Uh, I didn't have them. I had them winning, obviously, but the score I think I had was is 28 to 12 is what I had predicted. I you know, but to give up 50, uh, I wow, that's I don't I don't know what to say about the Jags. They they are gonna have to completely uh, rebuild their culture uh, with whoever they bring in as a head coach uh, because it's unacceptable to give up that many points you know regardless of how many you know what players you have in your team that that's just really embarrassing for but you know for the Patriots I think they went in took care of business um, <clears throat> um, and it's you know I think it's it's good for them too I think they're gonna have a much tougher matchup I would think against the Dolphins this week uh, so I don't know how much of the Jags game is going to be a good brand. I just think, you know, they, they were upset and they came out and put the game beat down, basically. What I enjoyed the most about this game was seeing Mac Jones on the sidelines. He was very animated. And then I figured out that, you know, this was kind of like a Trevor Lawrence versus Mac Jones. Number two, or was Trevor Lawrence number one, right? So basically yep. the number one pick against the 15th. And it just goes to show you, because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is obviously the more athletic guy, but he's, he's, he's just in a bad organization, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I, I, I honestly, so, I think, honestly, that Matt Jones is the most prepared, and, you know, was the most prepared NFL-ready quarterback. I think he's very smart, uh, can make all the throws, make the right reads, but I do think... Trevor Lawrence has is the most talented uh, out of all the quarterbacks that came out. Um, he's on a bad team. Uh, that's what happens when you get picked first. You, you end up in a shitty team, uh, and, and with their whole situation with it, you know, their coaching and all that, it's no surprise that you know they've only got two wins, and he's he's struggling. Uh, but Peyton Manning only had like one or two wins his first season. Not that I'm comparing him to, to Payton, but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, he can bounce back from this. I think he's good enough to to um, to be a great player in the league for years to come. Um, so, you know, I think this is just this season is is uh, he's got to deal with the the bumps and bruises uh, that's given him, and he has to like build from here, you know. Well, I can tell you, I can almost see in the future with Trevor Lawrence. I can see him playing out his rookie contract. I can see him not signing that extension, which is going to happen in a couple of years. And I can see him, if if he's going to have a long-term career, I can see him doing it, but with another team. Yeah, it may unfortunately come down to that. Um, it may, uh, you know... But I just hope someone is able to go there and, like I said, change the culture uh, in Jacksonville. Because it's not like 
you know, the players don't want to win. The players want to win. They just don't have, they have no leadership whatsoever uh, on that team. So, you know, he, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is a competitor. He's, he's been that way since he was at, you know, Clemson. Uh, he's, I think, again, going to be a, a great quarterback. It's just, he's just on a really, really bad team right now. Yeah, he, he's not going to, I mean, he's not going to do well there. And that was just... Good. So the difference, let me say, the difference between him and Zach Wilson, I think Zach, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is better for me personally. I know a lot of people have been high on Zach Wilson. I think Lawrence is better. The difference between those two teams, they're both terrible, right? The Jets aren't that good. I don't know what their record is. But the Jets, with their coaching staff, and, you know, I, I think they can be trusted more. For, you know, I, I trust the Jets and what they can do with uh, Zach Wilson and that team and, and how they can build over the next couple of years more than I trust them, you know, what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do over the next two, three years. Well, I don't even know if the Jacksonville wants to be there and the Jaguars want to be in Jacksonville. And I think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is he's got a good thing in Jacksonville because the media is not as big as New York the uh, pressure the pressure is not as big as New York so he you know he can be content he can actually be a better quarterback has have his lumps have his bruises and nobody's really gonna notice because he plays for Jacksonville with Zach Wilson I think that you know that team must be a winner at all costs I think that there's a lot more pressure being from New York. But then again, it is the New York Jets. So they've been in the bottom of the division for years. The Rex Ryan's years, that was the only exception. And then before that, they were at the bottom. And then the Bill Parcells years. It, it's just, you know, if you, count, if you count back the last 30 years, they maybe won the division twice, maybe, maybe three times tops i just yeah it's 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 tough i guess i guess i just root for the uh robert sala and the rest of the coaches there in uh in new york you know i'm rooting for him to have some success you know i don't care about zach wilson and anybody else on that team but you know there's certain coaches you want to see have some success uh and be successful especially when it's like their first chance you know when they're giving that first opportunity to be a head coach and stuff so uh i you know i just hope you know that he's able to turn it around well jacksonville i don't think they know what the hell they're doing uh whatsoever uh and maybe that starts with their owner um but you know i have no confidence uh you know for for jacksonville whatsoever so you like first-year coaches, so you were rooting for Dan Campbell to be good? <laughs> as crazy as he is, uh, yeah, I didn't want to see him completely, you know, fail. Uh, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know what, I think the, ex, I don't know if the expectations were for him to have, like, uh, immediate success there uh, to begin with. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, why, you know, why not, you know? He's, he's kind of a awkward uh, person, personality, if you will. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have any, any problems with, with him at all. 
there's other guys well not necessarily first year coaches but there's been some other guys I'm like well why you know like I keep going back to like Nagy I'm like why is this dude even coaching you know why how is he even given all these chances or whatever but you know first year coaches you know I wish them the best for the most part uh is that how you so, feel about uh, Joe Judge for the New York Giants? Yeah, I mean he's the same, in the same boat. I mean he. Well, they already the they already said they're bringing him back. Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many questions when he took that job, right? Barkley, what what were you getting with him? Danny Dimes, is he really your franchise quarterback? I think they they said he's bringing they bring him back too. But is he really your franchise uh, quarterback? Uh, there were so many questions that needed to be answered. Um, so I think it's too early to pull the plug on uh, Judge. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's going to be successful. But I think coaches need more than one year, if they're going to a crappy team especially, to be in, for you to be able to like critique them and say they can either do it or, or, or not do it. Well, talking about the New York Jets, do you think that they can beat the Bills next week? Uh, no. Well, I think they can compete <clears throat> because, again, Salah hasn't playing well. Um, but I think, and I know the Bills, you know, I think I, I got to look at their, you know, how they fare this past week. Uh, well, they just beat Atlanta, which was a horrible team. Yeah, but Josh Allen had, he didn't play his best game, I don't think. Again, that, you know, the Bills are so one dimensional. Uh, although I think I did see that they're running back at over 100 yards for the first time in like two years or some crap like that. Uh, I No, the Bills are going to win. Uh, they'll figure out you know how to win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer because again, I think the Jets are going to they're going to they're going to play they're going to play hard. You know. Well, when I was watching I was watching that game on Sunday, at the the Bucks Jets game, and I think the. They were up 24 to 20 in the red zone and they decided to go for it. And I was like, why go for it? You can you can be up by seven and if Tampa Bay comes back and ties the game, you go into overtime. But they they failed on fourth down. Tampa Bay took over. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. They never got the ball back. I, and, I, and that goes back to, you know, like, looking at all those statistics and, you know, looking at the uh, percentages and all that. Just take mm-hmm. the points. Just take the points, Robert Sala. <clears throat> it's not just him, man. It's all coaches. Like, some of the decision-making, I'm just like, you're, you're right. I was angry at the Bills. Like, even when they beat the Patriots, I'm like, you're giving your, you know, you're, you get your in-field goal range, right? You already have, a, like, a 9-10 point lead. Why not add to it with another field goal instead of going for it and turning the ball over? Um, teams are so aggressive now, and it's because of statistics and all that crap that they forget to say, let me just use my brain a little bit. Let the, let me allow the game to, to go, especially early, you know, when, when you got plenty of time to get the ball back and all that stuff. Um, they don't always, you know... I think teams are just being way too aggressive, like unnecessarily aggressive when they need to have more faith uh, in their defense uh, and in faith in their, in their offense too if they need to drive down the field and get a field goal. Um, you know, everything, everyone's too reliant on statistics. It's all different like, like baseball too. Baseball is like, 
purely statistics, right? But do you do you think the like the analytic the analytics of the game are taking over? It, to a certain extent, it already has, right? With all of these, like, like look at the uh, extra point versus two point conversion. Play like, almost like a coin flip now on what teams are going to do. Um, it, I think it has to a certain extent, and you know, it's not to say that analytics shouldn't should be eliminated no we should use it but i think coaches should also use some like common sense analytic analytics when making decisions right they should they should know hey i got plenty of time to game to be aggressive let me just take the points and take what i can get uh it's not necessarily for me to to go for two when the game just started, for example, let me just kick this extra point over. Just are super aggressive now. They're trying to get as many points as possible, and it's going to cost teams to some games for sure. The the other thing is that, you know. I think there's not enough data. I think that, I mean, the data shows something, but then when you're there live watching the game and you're saying, okay, they're, they're going for it on fourth down. It's, it's almost like a, like a, like a, like an instinct, right? You go, go, no, don't do this. Don't go for the fourth down or don't go for that play. I, I just don't understand it, and I think because I don't understand it that well right now, I think uh, I just I just want them to take the points. That's all. Just keep it simple. Yeah, and it's not just about going for it when they shouldn't. It's also about like the play selection too, right? So even when the statistics or analytics are saying you should go for it, and, and you know, it, even when the situation itself is right for you to go for it. They, they don't always call the right play. You know, they don't play to their strengths. And I think it's easy, that's why I say it's easy to look at analytics and say, okay, this is the decision I'm making, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna run the right play and have, you know, be able to execute that play. Um, like I've, I've seen plenty of times, fourth and fourth down, like less than two, and they're coming out in shotgun, for example, when you've been able to run the ball all day doesn't make sense to me right or fourth and, and short and you have been able to run uh at all because the d-line is like tough uh and you're trying to run again right up the middle where you, you're getting stuck behind the line of scrimmage in a you know crucial situation so you know coaching is not easy i'm not a coach um you know i'm certainly not on the field you know making any decisions uh but it just it just baffle me sometimes uh at some of the decisions, especially early on in games, I just don't, I don't get it at all. Yeah, next week the Patriots they're playing Miami. Now, I looked at this at the beginning of the year. I actually gave them a, a loss because they were gonna. I was like, you know, this game is just so tough. They always lose this game. Uh, Miami's not in the playoffs. They're out. They lost to the Titans, which is was our upset special. So they lost to the Titans. They're they're really not playing for anything except for pride, and they know that the Patriots are in the playoffs no matter what. 
but but this is a big but but if the jets beat the bills then if the patriots win they can actually win the division i don't think that it moves them up as far as you know who they play because ultimately i think they, they end up playing the bills if everybody wins out uh it's just a difference w- whether you pay the bills at orchard park or you pay the bills at gillette stadium so what say you what what's your prediction for this game well, I don't think the Pats are going to have a letdown. And the Dolphins, I should have known better than to pick them as my upset last week. I think they are pretenders and have been uh, all season. And I like Brian Flores and the coaching staff and some of the players and stuff. But, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan. I like Tua. I never have been. Uh, even though he played a little bit better. Um, that's You know, I don't see the Dolphins winning. They have nothing to play for at this point. Uh, they probably want to make sure that they don't have any major injuries this game. Patriots, you know, I don't think they have anything to play for necessarily, but they, they want to keep momentum. I think they understand that they don't, they, they're not going to have a bye week, so they, they have to play you know, that first week in the playoffs. They want to keep that momentum going, so well, I think keep, they'll take the... No, see, uh, keep in mind that this is a late game. This is a 4:30 game, so they'll know... By the time they play this game, they'll know whether they're playing for the division or not. Because the Buffalo Bills, they play the Jets on 1 o'clock. So if the Jets beat them, the division is up for grab as long as the Patriots win. So I think that it's dependent on that game. If they, if the Buffalo Bills win and they, they have the Patriots, have no, they know they're not going to get the division. Then I can see them maybe taking the foot off the gas a little bit but you know like you said i don't think miami is that impressive how many teams get a bye only one that's what that's what i'm saying it's not like you're getting a bye week anyways yeah but that Um, division that division is important because because you can get to play at home you right now the patriots are number number five right so if they jump to number four, that means that that uh, home game, they get a home game basically because they win the division. Yeah, I when well, and again, I don't know how much like home home field is an advantage at this point, uh, just based on how the season has gone with uh, road teams winning games. Maybe it'll be a bigger difference now that we're getting into the playoffs, potentially. But the Patriots, I guess the point I was trying to make is momentum is important. Like, you do not want to be that team that rests your players. And next week is the playoffs, and you're out of sync to start the game. So, and it's not to say that Mac Jones will not, you know, sit down in the fourth quarter. Um, I think he'll play some, uh, you know. You know, for, for the most, you know, for the most part, he'll, he'll play most of the game. But you know, if they get up to a big lead or something, he'll, you know, they'll sit him in the fourth quarter. But momentum is important, and I don't think you, you know, the Patriots are going to go into the playoffs with a loss, uh, or not even a loss. I don't think they're going to go into the playoffs looking back. Uh, Bill's not going to have their offense or defense playing poorly heading into the playoffs. He's not going to want that at all. He wants to end out the year in a in a good uh, sense. Um, they want to, you know, he wants to look good going into the playoffs. 
um, make sure the team is clicking and all on all cylinders. So, you know, I think I think they'll win pretty easily. It's a six and a half point spread. Patriots favored. I have the uh, Pats uh, winning twenty-seven to eighteen. I have them. I have them winning twenty-four to seventeen. But again, I think that if they go, if the Bills lose and the Patriots have a chance to win the division, I think that they, I think that they, you can see a, a repeat of that seven-game streak that they had going, where they were just making plays, they were playing the best defense that they can. Now, if the Bills win. And I can see that it's a, not a competitive game by halftime. I can see Bill sitting, at least sitting Mac Jones, at least sitting, basically sitting his best players and say like, you know what, we're going to play, we're going to play who we're going to play. Why risk injury to this Miami Dolphins team? Because, I mean, this team, they go hard though. You got to say Miami, maybe not a good team, but they play hard. Yeah, yeah. No one, they don't want anybody to get hurt, right? Uh, but you know, I think if you think back to the years in the past, Brady used to play in those last, you know, week sixteen, week seventeen games. Even if they clinch, he played to a certain extent, right? I don't. Did they ever sit him like for an entire game? You know, maybe they haven't. I, I just, you know, don't recall it, but. You know, I, I think they're going to, like I said, I think momentum is so important. It's too many times. I've seen the Steelers do this where they have clinched early and they say, okay, let me just take it easy, use my backup guys. And then, you know, a week goes by because they didn't play and then they have a bye week on top of that or something. And then they go out and they just look flat when they come out. Um, so I think the, the Patriots going to be smart enough to make sure that they avoid that and Honestly, I don't think Bill's going to really be scoreboard watching much, anyways. Regardless of the, the Bill, we talk, you're talking about the Bills. They're a good football team. You don't want to play the Bengals or the Chiefs or the Titans at any point, right? Heck, I mean, you did, did you lose to the Colts? The Colts are in it right now. Any team they play, you know, that AFC is so tight, like we talked about. Every team in the, in the playoffs is going to be competitive. Um, when we get to the playoffs, so I don't think anybody should be scoreboard watching at this point. Well, I think that when it comes down to the last game, you better be score watching. Even though no team is gonna actually admit to it, no team is gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'm scoreboard watching." But they will, especially. I know I will. I know I will. Even though I think next weekend I'll be away, but I'll definitely be watching scoreboard. Uh, the next team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, which uh, they won last night, Monday night, against the Browns, which doesn't say much again about the Browns, right? They had a horrible season. Uh, but, you know, you saying that mathematically they're in. What needs to happen for the Steelers to be in the playoffs? Well, so they need to win, obviously which is not going to be a given. I had them losing against the Browns. Uh, and they, you know, they gave the Browns a beat down. And there's a, you know, a lot to say about what the state of the Browns franchise. Uh, but I don't think the Ravens game is going to be easy. 
So they got to come out and win. And on top of that, you know, they need, they're going to need the Jags to pull off an upset, um, you know, of the year probably, um, and, and beat the Colts. Um, now they've beaten the Colts before. It's not like it hasn't happened. I think it happened uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken, where they they beat the Colts. So it can be done. Um, but they, you know, the Steelers are in a position where they're going to need a lot of a lot of help. They also can't have um, they can't have Oakland and San Diego. I think they play each other. They can't have have them tie it off because if they tie, they're going to be eliminated as well. So a lot needs to happen, unfortunately. But mathematically, you know, and you know, you just never know. Uh, you know what what might happen. So are the Steelers going to be score watching, scoreboard watching? Uh, yes. The answer is yes. I don't think the Steelers. I don't, I don't think if, the coaches are going to be. I think the, the, the team is going to have their hands full, right? Well, the, the what what time are they playing the Ravens? What time is that? At four o'clock or one? Both, both games are at 1 o'clock, so they're not going to be in a position to oh, watch no, this football. So, and, and honestly, like I said, Tomlin has his hands full. I mean, there's nothing in yesterday's game that is going to convince me that they're just going to give the Ravens that, a similar beatdown. You know, Ben didn't play that well yesterday. He threw like 50-something times, some crazy crap 123 like yards passing. <laughs> Yeah. That it's that's not uh, you know that doesn't bring a lot of confidence about your quarterback. No. Although Najee Harris, 188 yards, that was he definitely rushed run that ball like it was no tomorrow. Well, so let me say this about each of those players. So Big Ben did not play well, did not look that great. Um, some of the throws that he made, you know, so there were some good ones, and then there were some like, what the hell he knew? He threw a, a pass. Like right to the Cleveland defender who, who dropped the ball. Uh, fortunately, oh no, he picked him off. Um, but you know, Big Ben when he has to move, holy, he it is bad. You know, watching him have to make a quick, you know, not quick decision, but not having his first option there, and then having to look at Lafayette his first option. He just cannot do it. And if you're, if he needs to move around and make a throw, good luck. Um, so that that's him. As far as Najee. Uh, I, I, I was very impressed, not with him. I've always been impressed with him, but the offensive line, you know, what a difference, uh, you know, that center is making. Uh, I forgot his name. Um, but they, you know, this guy Green, who, you know, is a rookie, has been playing center all season, really out of position. Uh, he really is a guard, and he was playing center, has struggled the entire year. And then this guy comes in all of a sudden, they're. They're not just running, you know, Najee 180 something. They just look like a team that can push people around, you know. Um, Najee wasn't getting hit consistently two, three yards in the backfield. They were getting a push on and all of his carries. You know, the offensive line were like three, four yards down the field, which has never, you know, this whole season. I didn't see any of that, you know, at all. So I was really happy to see that. I think the center... Uh, makes a huge difference um, and you know I think if they can play the offensive line can play with that aggressiveness that physicality against the Ravens uh, this week and, and Najee gets 28 carries uh, you know 30 something touches I think they're going to have a chance despite Big Ben's flaws 
uh, they're, they're going to have a chance. I mean, you guys were 5 for 18 on third down. Does he know that you need to pass more than 8 yards to get a first down? Uh, well, that's my point, right? It's third, and it could be third and six, third and seven. Uh, he'll throw short. And, you know, I texted you guys when I was watching the game. I don't know how much you guys were watching it, but I think part of it with Big Bad, I can't blame Matt Canada. If you do something six times, you throw short on third and long six times in a row, it's not, it can't be Matt Canada's fault. You know, Big Ben has to, like, take some ownership. It just seemed to me like, you know, as soon as he dropped back, it's like, I didn't get rid of the ball. Let me just dump it off to a guy who's actually covered and has no chance of getting the first down anyways. Well, it's um, obviously he doesn't want to get hit. That's why he yeah, gets rid of the yeah, ball. Yeah, he doesn't want to get hit. He's not even looking up, you know, up the up the field unless it's like just a deep pass that he's trying to throw. Um, so you know, it's not surprised that they haven't had success on third down all season because um, you know Big Ben can only he's only good for one or two reads and that's it. The Browns had ten penalties for seventy-seven yards. This is. And I bought into the Browns hype at the beginning of the year because I thought that I did not. They were putting it together. Uh, uh, they had good running backs, and when you have good running backs and they have a pretty good offensive line, but then they have Baker Mayfield. It's the Browns, right? It's the Browns, and I can't say I didn't buy into them. I did predict they would get eleven wins. I think it was. I never thought that they would be a playoff uh, like team that can make a run into the Super Bowl. I think that I didn't buy into the hype of them being a Super Bowl contender uh, at all. Um, they have tons of talent. I was talking to my boss today about the Browns and how much talent they have and wasted this year um, on defense, especially especially the secondary. They're young guys that are so is going to be so special i think um they wasted that um and baker has a lot to do with it he has not played well and i know he has like seriously like three four different injuries that he's dealing with and now today they say you know he said he's shutting it down basically having surgery he's a big part of it like his performance these last few games um it's been atrocious and he needs to own that and you know, the team should have probably shut him down after last week throwing fourth picks or whatever it was the previous week. But the coaching, too, has been atrocious. Uh, that game yesterday, like, what the hell were they doing? Not giving and shut the ball 28 times like they, like Najee got the ball 28 times. Why is it that you're not using your best player and not running with, with Chubb? Like, it's not... It, that doesn't help when... You got a quarterback who's struggling. Uh, he's having a bad game. He's obviously hurt. But, and, you know, you got this option behind you. And you're, just not, you're saying, I'm just not going to use him. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I know the uh, the announcers, they were screaming through. <laughs> they were screaming all game about it, right? Like, give Nick the ball. Give Chubb the ball. They just refused to do it. So, well, I'm I, looking- I don't know what's going on with Cleveland. I'm looking at the over and unders that we had at the beginning of the year. And uh, we both, when it came down to the Cleveland Browns, they had them at 10 wins for the whole season. You went over, 
I said even. That didn't happen. The one that we both went under was the Cincinnati Bengals at six and yeah. a half. And look at them now. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win offensive record uh, player of the year, rookie of the year? Mac Jones of or Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. As good as Jamar has been, uh, you know, it is a quarterback driven league. Um, and, you know, both teams are in the playoffs, so they've had success, obviously. Um, but I think Mac Jones has been so efficient um, that he they're going to end up giving him the, the award now. You know, in, in terms of, like, receiving, you know, this guy is a beast. Um... You know, Jamar has, I'm looking at his stats, close to 1,500 yards receiving, which is right now he's at third in receiving yards. He's at, overall, he's at third. Fourth, fourth actually, fourth in yards. Uh, so Devontae Adams has 1,500. Jamar has 1,429. Justin Jefferson it was another beast, went to the same school, has 1,500. And then Cooper Cup is like in his league in a league of his own right now with eighteen over eighteen hundred yards. So, but Jamar's had a great year. He's going to be a he's a star already. He probably you know he's arguably one of the best receivers right now uh, in the league. Uh, but I still think Mac Jones is going to get the award. Well, they have Mac Jones at uh, plus one seventy five, and then they have Jamar Chase. Of minus two twenty, so you can actually, you can actually get Jamar Chase and make some money. Um, oh no, he's in the negative. So yeah, so yeah, so maybe now he's he got the odds. Now he's, you know, now everyone thinks that he'll win it. Cause I mean, they have one one game left. Who who's the Bengals playing uh, in the final game? They're playing the Browns, aren't they? Um, let's see. Let's see who they play. Week 18. Yeah, they're playing the, the Browns. Yeah, they, they got the Browns. And it's weird because they only favored, they only favored by three points. They got the Bengals minus three. Uh, 41 points over and under. So I think, you know, I don't know. This is a tough one. I mean, to be, to be perfectly honest, I'm biased because it's Mike Jones, but... Jamar, Jamar Chase, you know, he has a case now. He has a case for like eight. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he has, like, he took over, like, he passed Najee Harris at this point, right? So before, I think it was like a Najee Harris, Mac Jones debate. Um, and now it's Mac Jones and Jamar Chase debate. Um, Najee's had a great season went over, uh, you know, a thousand yards. Um, he's actually fourth in the league in rushing. So, Chase is fourth in the league in receiving, Najee fourth in rushing. Um, but, you know, I think most people would say it either belongs to Mac Jones or Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think, um, definitely, I think it might be, it might be down to week 18. I think if, it depends on who has a terrible game, I think, to be honest. I think 
if Jamar Chase just has an average game or if Mac Jones just have an average game because they're both, like you said, they're both in the playoffs. But the Bengals did win the division. So, and that was a tough, tough division to win, right? Yeah. So, so what, what do you think of Najee? I told you, like, at the beginning of the season when he was drafted that he was a top six running back in the league. He finished his fourth. What do you think of Najee? Do I think that um, he deserves what he is? Yes. Could he have done a lot better? Yes. I think the sky's the limit with that dude. Um, I think the Steelers had a horrible offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, every time he had the ball, there was somebody on him. Mm-hmm. And obviously... One one tackler is not it's not gonna bring him down, right? You need to have like two, three, four people to bring him down, and he's the kind of runner that doesn't fall back, right? He he goes forward, so even if you tackle him, he's gonna get another two yards, and that's you know, to me that is like the definition of a good runner. Does he take? Does he fall forward? Does he take a few people with him? You know, cause it's you know it's nice to be have that juke move. Oh, ju- oh, you I made you miss. Oh, I made you miss. But then when you have that power, and you have that you know that stiff arm, which he showed last night. But then again, so did Nick Chubb. He showed it last night. So I think yeah. you know if you have if you have a power runner, and I think you know the Patriots have two of them, which. I know it was against Jaguars, but hey, we'll take it. Two touchdowns each. I think that, you know, sky's the limit with Najee Harris, and I think it's the same with the Patriots running back. I don't think they're in the same conversation, you know, in terms of talent. In terms of talent, not to say Damian Harris isn't good. I think Damian Harris is good. I thought he was going to be a thousand yard back he's sitting at close to 900 right now so he's a possibility he'll get a thousand yards you know there's an opportunity for him to do that uh this next game but i think in terms of talent like Najee harris is up there to me with uh nick chubb and i do think nick chubb is slightly better i would give the edge to nick chubb with jonathan taylor with uh derrick henry you know, with well, Zeke isn't really healthy. It hasn't really looked good. But with Dalvin Cook and all those guys, those top guys, he's right there with him. I think he's so like if he if he was on the Colts, and he had seventy catches this year. Imagine if he was on the Bucks or if he was on the Colts or some you know some other team, competent team that could actually run the ball. You know, he he'd probably be leading. He'd be right up there with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think in, in terms of rushing yards. Um, Damian Harris is talented. He's not that. I don't think he's in the same stratosphere as uh, Najee. I just think Najee is really, really good. You know what? And I, I think that you're right as far as talent-wise. But, you know, like going back to the beginning of the conversation, we know Trevor Lawrence is more talented than Matt Jones. Mm-hmm. But he's right, in a bad team. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I mean, David Harris might have more success because he's running behind a better line. Exactly. Uh, he has a, a more competent quarterback and everything else. So it's the same. It's the same thing that 
you know that conversation that we had about TJ Watt. I think he's he's an awesome defensive player. But if your team is not good, a lot of writers are gonna overlook you. That's why they love Aaron, uh, well, I, Donald Aaron, Aaron Donald. I think it's gonna be hard this year, though. The way TJ's the dude's missed, I think three games, two or three games, and he leads the league and sacks. Has a chance to break the record. He's so and. Sacks is one thing, but everything else he, he's able to do when healthy, especially, he hasn't been able to really stop the run as, as well as he had at the beginning of the season because he's playing hurt. But that dude is like in a league of his own um, at, you know, that outside linebacker position. It's just re- like it's not even close. Like Jason, uh, not Jason, uh, what's his name? Garrett is, you know, he's good, he's talented, it's, but it's not close. It's not, but the Boses are, are, are good, but it's not close. T.J. Watt is the best defensive player in the league. I don't care what our record is. Um, he, by far, is the defensive MVP, um, period. And, and I don't think it's much of a conversation. Um, well, you know what? You, you know, can, you Steelers can have the best offensive rookie, the best defensive player. I'll, I'll let you have all those awards as long as you don't have the one that matters, which is holding that Lombardi trophy. That's the one that matters. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can have the best pieces around. It doesn't mean that you're going to the number the be number one team standing. I think that the Steelers have a lot of potential and, you know, I'm not counting them out. I think that you know, Russell Wilson is going to be available in the offseason. I don't know if the Steelers have enough chips to trade for him, but he's. I think he's going to be available. And other quarterbacks might be available too. So it just depends what, what the Steelers want. Do they want to be Super Bowl contenders or are they just going to be like, we have the best defensive player. We have the best running back in the league. We have, you know, the best wide receiver. But do you have a team... That's you know that's the question and what well, what they what, have a team they I mean they they still are gonna finish with a either a winning record or a five hundred record right they, they have haven't had a losing record in over eighteen plus years I think so they have a good I think they have always had a playoff team the question is do they have enough to make a Super Bowl run obviously the answer was no this year because of uh, the quarterback position and because of some injuries, like key injuries uh, to the defensive line that also need to be addressed. Um, I think we'll address them in the offseason. Um, I think, I don't know how we're going to address the quarterback situation. I think it'll be a combination of things. You know, a free agent as well as drafting somebody for the future. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, but, you know, I think they're not a team that's going to be blow it up and say let's rebuild because there's just too much talent the culture is just you know they don't have that culture of like throwing everything away and starting from scratch when they when you got like leaders like Hayward and Watt on that team um I think they're going to be in it next year you know are they going to be a contender no but they'll be a playoff team that's looking to build upon you know this year uh for sure so I'm not too worried about their future. Um, I'm more worried about this Ravens game. <laughs> and I, I don't think we gave our scores yet, but 
you know, Baltimore is a good team. They're favored five and a half. I, I don't trust the Steelers, um, but I'm going to give them just for sheer will. I'm going to give them a win here and say that they, they figure out how to pull out an 18 to 13 win against the Ravens. Now, I don't think it's going to make a difference, right? I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, I'll, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed and scoreboard watching and watching the games. Uh, but I got the Steelers winning this one to end, uh, close out Big Ben's career. Well, if I, I don't know if I'm totally on the camp with you as far as the Steelers. I think they have good players. I think I'm gonna. It's gonna sit and assess, a la the movie Don't Look Up. I'm gonna sit and assess. If the Steelers do nothing and they don't get a good quarterback, I think they're gonna be playing 500 ball next year. They need to get a good oh, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't. I'm not saying they're gonna be like 12 and whatever. I think they're gonna be around 500, maybe a nine and eight or ten and. Seven but or something like that. You're saying like they're going to be 500 water. if they bring back who? If they bring back Rudy? Rudolph? I think they're they're going backwards if they bring back Rudolph. There's a chance that they may be under 500 if they bring him back as a starter. I think he's a backup. Now, if they bring in like Bridgewater or I don't see them trading for Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know what it would take to get Garoppolo. Um... Who else is out there? Uh, you know, there's plenty of Kirk Cousins. Might be, his time might be up. They're not going to go after Mayfield. Um, you know, but there's plenty of options from the free agency standpoint that'll be available. And I think someone like Bridgewater that won't turn the ball over left and right, they can make some decent throws down the field. Um, they could be, and that can run the offense that Matt Canada wants to run if, if he's still there. And, you know, that's a question mark too. Um, I think they can be with that defense, assuming they're healthy. They they can, you know, definitely be competitive and make you know have a winning record and, and be in the playoffs. Maybe just not good enough because I don't think they'll have that franchise guy. Obviously, with the Bridgewater, but they'll have uh, you know a fill-in basically. That's why I think they need to approach it with you know here's my here's my quarterback for now. You know my stopgap, if you will. You know, with any of those guys, I just rattled off, uh, and then here's the guy I'm drafting for the future. Yeah, I don't know. That's you're you're making it sound like that could be a two to three year plan before they can even start, you know, dominating the league like they used to. I, yeah, see, it's 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 there's no quarterback that's maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers, right? If he decides to. Say I want to pay, play for Pittsburgh. There's no even Russell Wilson. I don't trust them to be in the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson or Garoppolo or any you know Kirk Cousins. I, I, yeah, but I Super think Bowl. if they had Russell Wilson or even have Garoppolo, they just need a competent QB. I mean, you need a competent QB and a decent offensive it's, but line. It's not, it's not. That's the that's the key, right? The offensive line has to be a hundred times better. Right, their receivers, especially uh, their second and third guy guys, need to play better. Um, you know, it, it it's not like they got talent. There's a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong, 
there's just a lot of youth uh, and inexperience, and they have to grow up fast. So yeah, you gotta have a a smart general back there that can deal with some adversity because they'll be under pressure, uh, whoever the quarterback is next year. So yeah, I just the Steelers burnt me this year, and I've I started picking against them all the way, you know, back two two games back, and I'm gonna pick against them again. I see them losing to Baltimore 17 to 19. Um, I think they do like they always do. They take the first half off. For some reason, this game they didn't. But I think it was because it was home. Uh, and then Baltimore goes up. You know, they don't need to go up big. Then Pittsburgh make like a comeback, but it's not It's not enough. The whole season, I think the whole season, Pittsburgh still season should be called. It's not enough. Because they did things, they were either too late, they started playing well in the second, the third, fourth quarter. It's just not not good enough. Najee was probably the star. Najee and TJ Watt were the star of this season, but, you know, it's just not good enough. And do you, so they're not going to bring back Big Ben, right? No, he's, this, this is it for him. He's, you know, I think both both sides. He wants to retire at this point, I think. And, you know, the team, I think the team honestly was ready to move on last year. It's just that Big Ben wanted to play one more year. I think they were ready to, to move on. Not from a player personnel standpoint, but just from like, hey, you're not the same player you used to be. They were ready to move on. Um, but, yeah, this is this is hit for him he's gonna hang it up and uh we'll be looking elsewhere for sure well yeah then he can just go back to his ohio life so this is gonna be my upset special for the last game of the season i looked at it i think the cowboys are favored by seven but i think the eagles are gonna pull this one off i gave them a 21 17 win i as much as everyone loves the Cowboys, I always hated them. And I don't think... I think the Eagles are playing really, really well. And I I think the Eagles might pull this one off. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I don't know why that's a seven-point spread. Um, Dallas hasn't really done anything recently to warrant that, for sure. But um, I think that's a good choice. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Steelers uh, because, again, that was a five and a half point spread with you know going the Ravens way so I'm picking the Steelers to you know as my upset as well to win the game outright so what was the Steelers favored by I mean what were the the Ravens are favored by five and a half wow yeah this I don't know I just feel like the Cowboys are getting a lot of uh, there's a lot of attention but they they struggled this past week. Um, they were, were they playing the Giants? No, the Giants were the week before. Who was who were they playing? That I just kept looking at Mike McCarthy, and I was just like, "Dude, you're just a horrible, horrible coach." And yeah, uh, the Cardinals—they lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, they lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. And then. 
I was just like, this team, the Cardinals, who came in, they lost three in a row, four in a row. I don't know. They were just struggling. And you couldn't take care of them at home. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like... I don't feel like the Dallas Cowboys are as as a short thing as they used to be. Or they ever were, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats of that game. So if you were to tell me that Zeke will have nine carries for 16 yards and Pollard three carries for nine yards, they'll lose every game. doesn't matter who they play. You know, that's just not going to get them wins. So they got to be able to run the ball a lot better. Uh, than that, you know, Dak doesn't. Really, I think he had one costly turnover from the highlights I watched, but you know, he threw three touchdowns too. So, um, you know, I think you know it's. And Cardinals are a good team. They just hadn't been playing well, but you know, so it was, it's tough to read this uh, that game. But it, it would. I think seven points is way too much to give them though against the Eagles. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at the NFC playoff picture, and let's say everyone wins how they what they're supposed to win. Uh, so, if the Rams beat the 49ers and the Saints take over that sixth spot, that would mean that the Saints play Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first game. That that is. I, I, would that be Tampa Bay Buccaneers' worst case scenario? I think so. I yeah. think if they end up, the Saints get in, uh, that is a team the Bucks don't want to play for whatever reason. The Saints have their number. Um, that's a team the Bucks would not want to play. Yeah, that would be that would be a season-ending loss because the, the Bucks are on the number three spot, and three would go against number six. Am I correct? So, yeah, that would be, wow, that would be crushing. Um, everything else pretty much, you know, and then the Cowboys will play the Cardinals again. So it would be a rematch. So, I mean, these, these are pretty good playoff matchups. If everything, if they win, if they win, the top teams win like they're supposed to win. Yeah, I mean, the NFC is... For the most part, it's set in terms of what teams are going to be there. And, what, and so what happens in the playoffs, you know, it's anyone's guess. Um, COVID is a thing that I think everybody needs to worry about. It, I would hate to see any major players in the playoffs, you know, have to sit out a game or something like that. But um, Well, the CDC you know, they, has already changed the rules, right? So now if you, if you are COVID, if you are... Um, tested positive for COVID, you're not sitting out 10 days. You're Now you're sitting out five days. Right. So that means that, you know, if you test positive, let's say Sunday or Monday, you could be back practicing by Friday, Saturday the latest. So. But if they're testing every day, you get tested on Thursday or Friday. Yes, you do. Yes, that's the downside. That's the downside. Is that if you get tested late in the week, and you test positive, you got to sit out. So, you know, I would... If I would be these players, i make sure I get vaccinated. Make sure I keep my distance for somebody I don't know. 
stay in the hotel room, I don't know. Do whatever it takes. For sure, man, for sure, but it's, uh, I'm looking forward to this week. Um, can't wait, you know, for, I think games start Saturday this week. Um, obviously anxious about the Steelers. You know, and we talked last week, and I was saying, you know, I, one side of me obviously wants them to win, the other side it's like, don't fall out too far. I think they're outside of 15 right now, in terms of, like, draft order so uh, they win again and somehow make it into the playoffs they're going to be outside the top 20 potentially so yeah I'm not even thinking that far as far as you know whether or not whether they're going to be in the draft because now basically you know the pages have a quarterback for the long run and I think that if you if they do what they did this year where they open up the pockets and get the free agents I'm not I'm not really concerned about their future I think the future is bright yep um uh, the only thing that kind of worries me is you know how good are the Buffalo Bills gonna be you know, it's it's, it's going to be like an issue where Josh Allen is going to be competing for the division every year. You know, because before it used to be a lockdown. Every season, it'll be the New England Patriots division. And now with Josh Allen, you're like, oh, great. Now we have a contender. Now we have a someone who's actually going to compete for the division every year. Oh, I think you got someone... I think Josh Allen is going to be in the MVP conversation year in and year out. I know he's not there this year, but I think he's arguably the best quarterback in the league, um, and he's going to be have that team in contention every single year. And the Patriots going to have to earn it. Um, you know, not to say they haven't earned it in the past, but they're going to have to really work for it. I think these next few years. And by the way, you know, it, yeah, you're looking with, within the division, within the conference. There's a lot of good young teams. Uh, the Bengals, too. In 10 and 6, the sky's the limit for them. Those guys are all young. Um, so they got a bright future. And same with the Chargers. That was my team for, like, next year and the year after to, like, really get going. I think the Chargers are going to be a team to look out for uh, next year. Yeah, but you know, so the thing is, like, youth doesn't always win out, right? You can be a young team, you can be a, you know, I think I would take experience over youth any day. I think that youth... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's youth and talent, you know? I think just those, those teams, the Bengals, Chargers, they have enough talent uh, to, to lead uh, them to, to have good records for years to come now obviously injuries and free agency and we were able to pick up a, who leaves and all that stuff is going to make a huge difference too no but, I, I think youth talent and coaching and I don't know if the coaching is there with the Bengals and the Chargers Kansas City obviously have a, has a, have a good coach the Titans, 
Tennessee has a good coach. You can say that about the Pages, of course. You can say that about the Steelers. They have great coaching. I think you have to have all three. And if you only have two, you know, you can make you make it into a playoff. doesn't mean you're going to win it all. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to have all three. And coaching, you know, I think that you have to have the experience. And if you don't know what you're doing and you come into this, you know, situation of football, you don't know what. Oh, do we use a lot of timeouts? Oh, are we do we go for it? Oh, do we get take the points? You know, that's big. I mean, you make a mistake. You, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. You make a mistake, it all goes downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. For sure. And I don't know. I mean, I don't really trust uh, the Bills coaching. I think, you know, until they win... You know, until they go to the Super Bowl and win it, I still, I still like, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on them. Uh, I trust, you know, Mike Tomlin. I trust the Kansas City head coach. I trust him, a Reed. I trust the Titans, even though they have, he hasn't won anything. But I, you know, he knows how to push the buttons, right? So it's, you know, coaching it goes a big way. Just ask Trevor Lawrence how big coaching is. Because he's super talented. He's got a bright future, but his team sucks. And I know it's yeah. not its not because it's not because it's just coaching alone, but it goes a long way. It, you know. So I, I know next week is our playoff special. And uh, hopefully everyone that we think can make can make it. And then we'll have a ton of special guests. And then we'll have fun. We'll see who makes it, who isn't. Yep, it'll be fun. Even if the Steelers don't make it, it'll be lots to talk about. So I'm excited for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for sure. So we'll, we'll put this up for our listeners. I know there's only five of you. I can count on my hand. And then uh, we'll meet up next week and talk about playoff football. Oh, and I want to say R.I.P. John Madden one more time. Definitely. So we'll we'll definitely talk over the weekend. All right, guys. Thanks. Peace out. All right. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Please send your questions and or suggestions to shut your mouth podcast. That's shutympodcast at gmail.com You can always reach us via Twitter at shutyourmouthpodcast or DM us at the gram at shutyourmouthpodcast Again, S-H-U-T-Y-M podcast Until next time, see ya Peace